Yo, 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 yo! Welcome to episode number 37 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam. You can find me on Instagram at TheReal27Guy, uh, or at Twitter, or at, uh, on other places as simply The27Guy. Welcome again to the episode. I think it'll be a good one. Um, I wanted to start out by saying, if you didn't listen to episode number 36, which was um, an episode where I interviewed my three kids, ages 10, 7, and 4, about what they thought about uh, dad's card hobby, um, I think I think you, you might find that that's you might find that episode interesting. So go on back and give that a listen if that's if that's interesting to you. Um, I also wanted to uh, mention on my top 100 card countdown, um, I've had to, I'm, I'm pushing pause on that for just a sec, just a day or two. I did a um, I got some feedback from a couple of uh, good uh, members of the community who said, you know what, Adam, I think last year's countdown format was better than this year's. It's it's better to hear your voice uh, sort of talk about the different aspects of the card. And I um, am flattered by that because I don't think I have a great voice, but also um, I do think that it provides some, some of me in the cards and kind of gives you a sense of why I really appreciate, appreciate it. I hoped that I could create a video version that would be just as good. But as I went back and as I watched one from last year, um, which is the uh, Gary Payton Eminence one of one uh, enshrined in last year's format, and then I watched it in this year's format, I just agree. It's it's better. It's more work to do the audio, but also I thought that I could do something a little bit different, a little bit more interesting, but it didn't really work as well. So I'm going to push pause on that for a second, but watch in the next couple of days because I'll... Um, take some of the components of this year's version or this year's format and add it to last year's, um, kind of mix the two together, mix, mix the strengths of them. And I think what will come out will be really good. And I hope you guys appreciate that. I know it's only a moment of, of entertainment each day, but um, it's like a little basketball card episode. And, you know, some I'm sure most of you probably feel like, um, you know, you 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 may know more or may know things that or have different perspectives than I do, and you, you sure don't you know don't feel like you have to like all of my cards. I don't feel like you have to like all of my cards. I like my cards, you like yours, and as I always say, collect what you like. But I have a passion for the things that I've collected, and so I love to talk about the things that I've collected and. Um, and I'd love to share that via the countdown. And if you want to come along for the ride and find it interesting, you know, please provide any feedback that you have. Um, enough of the countdown, but watch, watch out for more of that. Okay, today's episode, as you see from the title, is all about consignment. ComC, PWC, and Probstein123. I have used all three of these groups and have lots of different things to say about them. But I think that this episode should be an interesting resource to those of you, especially who are uh, either just coming back to the hobby or who haven't used consigners before. I think that we sometimes take for granted that the people who are in the hobby know everything that we know. Not everybody has used a consigner before. Not everybody understands why using a consignment agency makes sense or is necessary, uh, but I'm going to walk you through today the, the pros and cons, and so here's kind of a summary. First, I'm going to talk about why people don't like consignment, um, then I'm going to talk about why I think consignment is awesome, and I'm going to talk about how I've used each of them in the past and what my experience has been, and then fee structure and other pros and cons of each of those three entities. I hope that it's 
uh, something that is meaningful or important to you. I started a thread a couple of years ago when I was trying to figure out ComC because I went to their website and I actually, I didn't understand what it was that they were doing. And, but I heard everybody talking about it and I thought, gosh, I've been in this hobby forever and I've never used this ComC thing before. In fact, I didn't even know how to, I didn't know what it was called. I thought it was called Comc, right? Like I didn't even know it was called ComC because I hadn't heard of it. I had just seen, seen the name. I imagine like Comp or like Comic-Con or something. I just didn't know what it was called. I didn't know how it worked. And so I needed, I needed uh, to have some you know, I needed to have some information on that. And I thought as I went through that thread on blowout and I had people reach out to me and help me that it gave me a good understanding and it's changed a lot since then. So the, the purpose of this um, podcast is to explain some of those things, some of the things that I've learned and maybe save you, save you guys some of the hassles. After I post this, I'd love to hear any feedback uh, and would be happy to provide an addendum if I miss anything that's that, that I should that I shouldn't miss but I'm gonna try to cover it all in the next half an hour so here we go so the first thing to talk about is I don't, I don't like to be negative but we're gonna get the negative out of the way first and then after that I think it's mostly going to be positive and why consignment is useful and helpful and why I like it the negative part though is important to mention because you know, when you go out there and you especially go to the forums you read about these three entities and you do read a lot of negative things. The problem with consignment is that open auction format breeds manipulation. It breeds manipulation in a way that is largely difficult to detect because you don't usually know when you see a card that's available either through PWCC or Probstein, one, two, three, you don't usually know who the owner of that was before the card was sold via consignment. Because most people aren't like me or aren't like uh, other, you know, or some, some other members of our hobby community where they just show off everything that they get, right? Every card that I get, basically, I show off. And part of that is because it's good for, I think, the hobby to know um, what cards are yours. But some people are very secretive. And the reason that they're secretive is because they don't want people to know when they want to manipulate a card they'll go to the forums and they'll talk about why they're why this certain card or certain players is undervalued and things like that and a lot of times what people are trying to do is they're trying to increase the value even worse than that though is the people who who will send a card into a consigner and then either using their main ebay id or an alternate ebay ebay id can artificially inflate the amount on that card or on another card that is a direct comp of their card. This is where things are really slippery and, and dangerous because there are times, and I can assure you of this, there are times when people list cards for sale, either on their own account or via consignment, and somebody sees that card up and it's a direct comp of a card that they own. And so they seek to inflate the value of that by bidding it up with no intention to buy it. What that does is it puts into prospective buyers' minds that the card is actually worth more and it artificially inflates something to, to be a value in several people's minds. And that's why people hate consignment in companies because it makes it difficult to detect that. Um, and that's that's not really true for Compsy, but that is, well, it's, it's true for Compsy's auction services, but it's true for PWCC and Probstein for sure. So that's one aspect that people really 
do not like. I think the other thing that people really don't like is that the very bad, bad people who take cards and alter them, either by switching patches or faking, um, you know, adjusting an autograph or uh, trimming a card or doing any number of other things to a card, it provides a perfect front or a perfect sort of fence for them to, to sell from. And because there are these types of things that are sold via consignment, you know, they definitely get a bad name for that. What people fail to recognize, though, is the vast majority of the cards that are sold via those consignment companies are being sold by normal, everyday collectors who aren't adjusting cards, who aren't manipulating the prices. They just want a way to sell the cards quickly and easily and without pain. And uh, that that's certainly the class that I fall into. I have sold thousands of cards via consignment over the course of the last couple of years. I've actually sold thousands of cards via, via ComC and via Probstein. I sold uh, via PWCC as well, but not in the thousands of cards. Um, but I've used all three of them and I want to tell you why I use them and I want to tell you why I think they're interesting and I wanted to mention some of those negatives up front so that people are aware you know you maybe do want to look at a card a little bit more closely when you see it on one of those consignment companies but I don't think it's wise for you to write a card off in your mind because you see that it's up for sale by them I know that there are people who do that I understand them I don't happen to think that the people who are in charge of these consignment companies are bad I think that they're good people who are providing a service that's very valuable. But just like anything in the world that is, can be a tool that's used for good, it can really be used for bad, too. You know, we look at the Internet, for example. The Internet is the greatest tool, one of the greatest tools in the history of the world, one of the most world-altering tools. It is used for so many evil and terrible ways, too. But that doesn't mean that we just shut our lives out of the internet. It just means that we need to understand what's good and what's bad about it. And I think that's the same thing for consignment companies. All right. Why I think consignment companies are awesome. I love looking for cards to buy. I love buying cards. But I hate selling cards. I hate selling cards, guys. I hate everything that goes into selling cards. I don't want to scan a bunch of pictures. I don't want to list stuff to eBay. I don't want to pay the eBay fees. I don't want to have to go to the post office. I don't want to get a meter to have to like weigh postage. I don't want to have to print postage. I don't want to have to do any of that stuff. I hate all of that stuff. Like I hate it guys. I've done thousands and thousands of packages that way. I hate it. It's the worst. I don't like doing that stuff. I do like the other parts of it though. I really like looking for things. I like buying things. And then I need to be able to sell cards sometimes to be able to create that cash to go out and to acquire something else. That's how I collect. I buy, then when something comes along that I that I want more, I'll look at my collection and figure out, okay, what can my uh, what can my collection afford to not have in it anymore? Sometimes you have to make some really hard decisions. I know I have. I've had some cards over the last couple of years that I've had to sell that just, uh, just really, really tough cards to move. Um, but that's that's what you have to do. And so, how do you go about selling the card? Well, you can, you know, you can go just put a picture on Instagram, and sometimes that works. Actually, it's worked for me a couple times lately in a really in really cool ways, and it helps you connect to other collectors and stuff. And that part of selling is actually really cool. But what's not really cool is when you have to go to eBay and you have to you know, deal with all that stuff. Um, you have to deal with people who are 
you know, who, who were like, my package didn't arrive, and when did you send this, and oh, this card doesn't look like it, like it was supposed to, or this card smells funny, or can I get a partial refund on this and that? It's just a nightmare to sell cards, guys. It's just terrible. Um, and so and being able to avoid that is wonderful. And, and being able to just send cards to somebody else to take care of all of that work for you is great. Um, as a buyer, it's great to use consignment because you can, in a lot of cases, save a ton on shipping and handling. Consigners will list a ton of auctions at the same time. And sometimes they're, um, they'll receive certain collections with you know lots of similar types of cards in the collection. And you'll be able to buy 20 cards and then pay the, the price of shipping of one. It's nice being able to avoid the eBay um, losers and it's nice being able to avoid the whole my package didn't arrive stuff. So that's why I personally really like consignment. Each of these consignment companies are very different. I wanna to talk to you about my experience with each of the three um, before going into what makes each of them different. But we'll kind of hit on a couple of those things as we go through each of them. Okay, so my experience with each. First, I wanna talk about Check Out My Cards, or better known as ComC. ComC is amazing. I use ComC now all the time and for a variety of different things. Some people think of ComC as just low end, under $100 place to sell cards. I don't think that's true for a couple of reasons, and I'm gonna share with you a couple of my experiences. When I first got into ComC, Somebody, uh, when, I, when I, I started that thread that I told you about earlier, somebody mentioned to put in a little bit of money so that you could pay your fees and then, um, and then wait for the cards to be listed and then watch them sell. Well, this is basically, basically what I did. I sent in 100 cards and I think the cards cost 30 or 35 cents each for them to list. It used to be 25, I think it's 30 or 35 now though I haven't watched that super close. So I put in like $30 for my 100 cards. I sent them in, the 100 cards, two months later were listed and in my port, they were available for me to price. I priced them, I listed them, it took me a couple of minutes to do all 100 of them and then I waited to see how quickly they would sell. And some sold really quickly and others didn't sell. Others took a long time and others I had to lower the price several times to get them to sell. Before you send it, what you have to do is you have to just go on, this is what the process looks like. You go to the ComC website. There will be, after you sign up for your account, there will be something that says, you know, send in your cards or something like that. And you click on that and there's a very basic like three or four step process. You fill out um, a thing that says how many cards approximately you're sending in, the approximate value of that package, you then, or of that group of cards, you then print this sheet out and you include that with your cards. You pack your cards really well, you put it in a box, you ship it off. That's it. You do that and then they will notify you when your cards get there, when they scan it in, because your little piece of paper that you printed has a little barcode on it. They scan that in and then they say, hey, that your, your process has begun. And for me, because I chose the, the cheapest option, then over the course of the next two months, cards were listed and at, after two months, they all were listed. That's the whole thing with ComC. It's that easy to just get them ready to go and ship them out the door. And then you wait for them to be listed, price it, and then they sell. When they sell, now they take a small fee. It's, I believe it's 5% of the sales price goes back to ComC. So you, know, you say you start out with 30 bucks in your account, 
They take the 30 bucks to list the 100 items. Then the cards all sell. And let's say that the, the list value on them was $10 each. That would be $1,000. So they, they, then ComC takes 5% on each sell. So your 1,000 is down to 950. And then eventually when you cash out, they take 10% of your funds that are sitting in your account. So that 950 is gonna turn into 955, right? 10% off of 950 is, uh, sorry, $855. So then you get your $855 back and you think, okay, did I do well or did I not do well? Well, you sent in stuff that would sell, that sold for a thousand bucks and you got $855 back and you included 30 at the beginning. So you're only getting $825 back in the end. After all, after the 10% cash out fee and the, the um, listing fee and the fee to actually sell the cards. So there's all these, there's like several of these different fees along the way. But the thing that, you, that you're, not, you're not evaluating when you look at that, when you, when you first think, oh, that's 18%, that's not great. That seems like that's, that's a lot. The thing that you're not evaluating though is this, how much more are people willing to pay on ComC because they don't have to ship that item? You see, that's one of the great secrets of why ComC is awesome. The cards are just sitting there in a warehouse and buyers can buy 500 cards before they ever ship them home or more than 500. And then when they ship them home, there's just a flat rate. It's not a lot of money to ship them home. So in a lot of cases, people are buying a ton of stuff and then the shipping on each item is like a penny. Whereas if you're selling $10 cards at a clip of $3 or $3.50 for each time you ship it, that's like 35%, right? So a lot of times people are willing to pay more because of that. People are also willing to pay more because cash is sitting in their ComC account and they'd rather use it on cards than cash it out at 10%. So the value of the cash that's in the account, they actually view as being less than, than, its actual, than the actual monetary amount. And so you, so they, they're willing to spend a little bit more. I know that I am. I know I've done that several times. As a buyer, when I'm putting together a set, if I can find something on ComC, that's just the best situation possible because you're buying it, you're not having to pay shipping, and you're able to use card funds that are already out there. So I think in general, people are willing to pay a little bit more if they're buying on ComC. You know, it's an easy way to buy and sell cards. It's nice not having to always take physical possession of a card. I wish that they listed stuff faster. And I know that you can, you can pay more to have them list it fast, but the two month thing is tough. I think um, right now with the coronavirus, they're even slower than that. And so that's, that's kind of hard, but they do an amazing job of, of getting everything in. There's always two sides to a picture of both the front and the back that those pictures are cataloged forever. And they, you know, they, they provide a ton of value. If you have a card that is under 20 bucks. It's hard to imagine why it's ever better to send it to somebody else besides ComC. Unless, of course, it's only going to be worth 20 bucks for a month and then they don't list it in time. That would be a good reason to not send it there. If you have a card that is worth $100 and you believe there's one buyer out there who's willing to pay 100 but and, and only you know every other week you're going to get a buyer that's going to be willing to pay 100 whereas the second highest buyer is only willing to pay 50 well, at an open auction, that card's gonna sell for $51. But on ComC, you might get the $100 for it. So um, I found that a couple of times where I've had cards where I thought, this has a high um, peak value, but this doesn't have a high average value. And I don't 
trust this card going to open auction. That's a good case to use ComC. Go put it out there, let it sit there and wait for it to sell. And there's a lot of cards that fit in that category. Some of you are like, oh, I only collect modern and it's pretty consistent what this card sells for. In some cases, that might be the case. But for a lot of us, our cards are highly variable and ComC allows you to just sell it for what you want to. It also allows you to liquidate when you want to by or lowering your price as well as you can sell your entire port at the same time. I've sold a few thousand cards via ComC so far. I'll continue to use it. Everything low end that I have goes there and including some of the high end that I feel like is more highly variable also goes there. All right, that's ComC. Now let me give you guys a few minutes on Probstein. Probstein is the one that I have the most experience with. Probstein, let me give you the bare minimum of what you have to do to send your cards to Probstein. You get a box. You put your cards in the box. You ship the box to Probstein, to their PO box in New Jersey. You wait for your cash. <laughs> okay, that's the minimum of what you have to do with Probstein. You don't even have to fill out anything if you don't want to on Probstein. I guess you'll you'll need to let them know some way that the cards are yours and where to send where to send the money when you're done. Um, they'll send it via PayPal gift straight to your PayPal. They'll write you a check. Oh, by the way, the same thing on ComC. ComC will send you the money via via gift, or I think they'll send you a check. I think they charge you a small fee for that, but I've never requested a check from either of these entities before. So with Probstein, you <laughs> that's really as simply as you can do it. You can, you can just put stuff in a box and ship it to them in New Jersey and then wait for your money. Um, and then when somebody doesn't pay for an item, uh, sometimes they may have to reach out back to you and say, hey, sorry, this item wasn't paid for or um, it was returned and then they relist it and sometimes it will suffer less money and then you have to pay them your money back, some of your money back. That can happen and I think some people get frustrated by that. But in general, I am completely blown away at how quickly Probstein operates. Maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't want to think it's just me because I know that a lot of other people use them and have had amazing experiences with them. But let me tell you how I utilize Probstein. So I have spoken to them about how they write up their, they call them their scripts, their auction title and subtitles. And I just write them from, for every one of my cards and you know send them a spreadsheet. That spreadsheet has all of the information that they need and the cards are in that same order as the spreadsheet is in the box. They get the cards. In most cases, they have them listed literally that night at open auction, and then seven or 10 days later, depending on the auction length, they will end, and two days later, I'm paid. It is unbelievable how fast it is. But I think that part of why they're so fast is that I type up those scripts. I think the other thing that I wanna point out about that is they pay so quickly that it ends up being problematic, and, and it has been problematic for them, I think. I always think as a businessman, like, how are they paying me so fast? Because there is a percentage of cards, two to three percent, that are not going to get paid for or are going to be returned. When that happens, how can they be fronting me the money? Their their margins aren't aren't large enough. They can't possibly be large enough to just be able to front that money all the time. That's my concern. But what has happened historically for me is when a card doesn't get paid for or is relisted, after they relist it and, and it ends, 
they get paid. Sometimes it's more than it originally went for. Sometimes it's less, but they just correct it on my next pay, on the next payment that they send to me. And it works out fine. Um, I know that they've had with the, with the coronavirus, they've had an increase in the amount of refunds and in the amount of non-payers. And that's created a real problem because people are used to getting paid right away you know, rightly so or not, people are used to it. And it looks right now like there's a high enough percentage that Probstein has had to dial their, their payment schedule back a little bit. And I know for a lot of people, they've started paying half after the auction ends in the next couple of days, and then half like a month after that. Um, or the remainder like a month after that, if if the cards have been sold and paid for. But I know, I know certain cards that they've listed in this last couple of months where they've had to list it three, four times before actually getting paid. There's one card in particular, I won't call it out because I don't want to bring any negative attention to it, but I've watched it because I've been interested in it. And every time I watch it, it really just jumps at the end. And there's nothing wrong with a card jumping at the end. That's a totally normal thing. But in every case, it's not being paid for. Um, each of the three cases so far. And last time I saw it, it was up for a fourth time. And uh, it's just frustrating because, you know, you don't know like I talked about earlier, you don't know if somebody who owns the card is intentionally manipulating it or if somebody else who owns the same card is intentionally manipulating it. But either way, it's just, it's, it creates a real problem for the market. You know, if we can't depend on the auction format to yield actual sales, then if, you know, if we can't, if we can't depend on eBay, then it's really hard to understand what something's worth. Um, and, I hate to say it, but we can't really depend on eBay at this point. So understanding value is probably more difficult than it's ever been. I would challenge you to, to, to think critically about when you see an item that's up to ask, okay, what's this really worth? And that's why in the end, I think all that really matters is really just buying what you like and paying what you're willing to pay for it. So that's that's my experience with Probstein. I've sold, guys, I've sold thousands and thousands of items with Probstein this last few years. And I have never once bid on my own card with Probesteam. But I think that, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who do try to do that. I have a feeling sometimes that people think that, oh, you can't get a card that's going to grade well via Probesteam. What's interesting about that is Probesteam does the very best job of putting up pictures that allow you to see what a card really looks like. Some cards that have graded very well have come from Probesteam. Actually, I, I sent in a lot of Kobe Bryant Prism 2012 cards that are ending in the next couple of days, and I didn't look at them as far as condition goes. I bought them at an open auction um, a couple of months ago, and they jumped so much that I just decided to send them into Probesteam to have them to have them sold. But any of those could be tens. They could be BGS tens. I have no idea. I didn't look at them close enough. I don't ever grade stuff that's. Um, this makes me sound really uppity, but I don't grade stuff that's that cheap. If something's not worth several times that, I'm not going to grade. So anyway, I think that I think that the case that I'm trying to make there is, you know, don't discount something just because it's from Probesteam. Just because somebody sends it there doesn't mean that, that that it's been looked over, it's not gem mint or something like that. A lot of great deals come from from both them and from PWCC, and you just have to keep your eyes open and be willing to to like look with a critical eye and both provide good enough pictures for you to be able to do that. I'm going to talk in a minute about their fee structure and I think that's going to be kind of most interesting to you guys but um, there's a reason why not just because it's easier 
there's a reason why people use ProSteam in PWCC, and we're going to get to that in a second. But first, let me tell you about my experience with PWCC. I think I've only ever sent two lots to PWCC. PWCC is easily the most, um, if, you, if you compare PWCC and ProSteam, which I did once upon a time on a podcast about four years ago, PWCC comes across as significantly more professional because of everything that happens along the way. Where with Probstein, you just can send stuff in a box and maybe include a packing list or not. PWCC provides you a packing list, provide you a date. You have to have the cards in by so that it will be listed as, as of a certain you know auction. Whereas Probstein will just list it as soon as it gets there. PWCC waits and puts it in uh, a specific auction and you have the ability to preview the items. You have the ability to look at the listing title, the things that are said about the card, check for spelling mistakes, check for other errors, other words that should be included they haven't included. Probstein doesn't do those things. Uh, PWCC does, and that sounds great. The problem with it is it takes far longer, right? The major disadvantage with PWCC is, in my opinion, that it takes far longer than Probstein. And where I'm somebody who usually sells cards because I need cash to pay for other cards, I need to be able to turn that around quick. And so for me, Probstein historically has been far superior in getting me that money more quickly. But I'm not saying anything bad about PWCC. It depends on what your model is. It depends on what you're trying to do. And I think there's some good reasons to go with them. That increase in prof being professional is, is an important part of that. Um, and I'm going to talk about some of their other advantages here in a few minutes. When I listed those two lots, like I said, I felt like they were PWCC was very professional. It's been a couple years, but, but they did take a while to pay. Okay, now I want to look at some of the things that make these entities different, and I want to look at um, specifically their fee structure. And I want to start with PWCC. The fee structure of these three entities is very, very different too. So let's start with PWCC. PWCC's fee structure, um, it depends on actually what part of their, um, what part of them you're thinking, you think you're thinking about using. PWCC is at this point a real conglomerate of different ways of moving, um, buying and selling cards. Um, you can buy, you can sell, you can trade, you can do a lot of different things, and in every way they they will try to help so that um, the the market at this point is fairly sophisticated. They have real loans, real investments, and real different ways of acquiring cards and real reasons of why they get more money for your cards. But let's start basic. Let's start with auctions, which is what most people are familiar with. Most people think PWCC and they think auctions on eBay. And they and then so this part of, of, of the podcast is most interesting probably in terms of that. Okay, so if you sell a card on PWCC and it sells for 20 bucks, they will take five dollars plus ten percent of the twenty dollars. So you're gonna get you're gonna spend seven dollars to sell your twenty dollar card. That is a ton, right? That's thirty five percent. That's why you don't send twenty dollar cards to PWCC. Uh, they their fee structure goes on um, graded cards from cards that are less less than fifty dollars, five dollars plus ten percent up to for five thousand dollar cards a flat rate of eight percent. This is kind of consignment for dummies right here. One of the common misconceptions is that that percentage is on top of the eBay fee or the PayPal fee. It is not. 
it is the full amount that you are charged. So if you list a card on your own and your average Joe and you get charged 10% eBay fees and 3.5% PayPal fees and you sell a $5,000 card, you're going to get 500 bucks off for, for eBay. You're going to get another 200 bucks off for PayPal fees and, and you'll you know net $4,300. But with PWCC, you sell a $5,000 card, they take their 8% or their 400 bucks and that's it. So wait a second, you're saying that I actually get more through selling through a consigner and I, do le- and I don't do any work? That is correct. That is why a lot of people who move through a ton of cards have not only decided, hey, I'm gonna kind of use this because it's, it's, it's easier, it's, you know, it, it, it's just a lot simpler to sell my cards. It's actually more profitable in a lot of cases too. Not only because they sell for more money, but because of this, this better fee structure. It's not just on $5,000 cards though. Take a $1,000 card. $1,000 cards sold via PWCC is going to take 12%. Again, this is just graded cards. We're gonna talk about non-graded in just a second. They're gonna take 12%. But if I go sell a $1,000 card on eBay, I'm gonna pay 100 bucks for eBay fees and I'm gonna pay 3.5% for PayPal. So I actually make 15 bucks more selling a card through PWCC that I do on my own, on eBay. It's kind of interesting, right? You get more money. And that's assuming that your card sells for the same amount. But there are reasons why cards sell for more. And I know you think it's, oh, just because it's, you know, shilling or whatever. That, I'm sure that's part of it. And I'm sure there are people who, who are manipulating their auctions. That is not the only reason things sell for more using PWCC. And we're gonna talk about that in a second. But first, where graded cards range from Five percent and ten, sorry, five dollars and ten percent up to up to eight percent on the five thousand dollar cards. On raw cards, it's a higher percentage. So let's just do a, a direct comparison. So on cards that are two thousand to to or on cards that are five thousand dollars plus, a raw card PWCC takes ten percent, whereas with a graded card they take eight percent. This significant decrease or difference in fee is very understandable when you consider the increase of work and the more likely um, that a card is returned. Um, PWCC has is open up to more risk when they sell a, a raw card than when they sell a graded card. Having said that, we've seen lots of graded cards cause them problems recently too. So that's not that's not always the case. Um, but especially on these cards that are under a hundred bucks, I mean, are you kidding me? If you sell a $20 card, um, and it's raw with PWCC, they take $10 plus 10%. So that's 12 bucks. They're going to take 12 of your $20. So yes, don't sell super low end with PWCC. They don't want you to, they're trying to discourage you from doing that. So, so that's the first part of the fee structure. But um, that's not the most interesting part. The thing that I want to share with you today is actually an email that I got from them in August of last year when I bought I bought a, a, like four different cards from them, a few different PSA DNA great basketball autographs, and I got this email. And this is what the email says: Dear Adam, thank you for your purchase of P- from PWCC auction number seven. We very much appreciate your business. Your total invoice comes to one thousand one hundred twenty-four dollars. Due August seventh. And then they open up to different, they, op- they, they share some things that are very interesting. And as you listen to this, 
you will begin to understand why their stuff sells for more. Because a lot of the people who are buying are buying utilizing the tools that are included here, okay? So first off, PWCC is pleased to share that PWCC Vault is now live and available for your use. Items shipped to Vault receive free shipping, waived archival fee, and reflect Oregon sales tax of 0%, okay? So that, that I actually didn't mean to read that paragraph because that's related to the vault. But the tax rate of 0% is interesting. And um, I believe that, so the email goes on to say there are payment options. And it says PWCC accepts payments in the following forms. Please reply to this email if you wish to pay using options one through five. So payment number one is to use an advance of a submission instead of paying. You wanna pay with something, you wanna pay with proceeds of cards that you will that you will be sending to us in the future of course we as pwcc would love to do that and if you do that you don't have to pay anything today and you get one percent off the purchase price one percent off the purchase price you're telling me i actually pay less than what i have than what i want the item for on ebay yes that is what this is saying they're actually giving you a discount but why would they do that well, it's simple, isn't it? If you pay with through the regular eBay structure, there is a fee, and they have the very best fee that they can possibly have because of the because of the volume that they do. I don't know what that percentage is, but it's lower than ten <laughs> by a great deal. It's I don't know if it's four, I don't know if it's five, I don't know if it's three, but it's something significantly lower than what you you or I would get. And so they have this very low percentage, but then they also have the a PayPal fee, which I would guess is also reduced. They still don't want you to pay that way. They still would rather have you pay in a way that, that minimizes their fees because they're a business and they're a smart business. They do things the right way. So if you will pay with a cash with some sort of advance on cards, which by the way, they're going to get that cut of too, then they will actually give you a better rate. And again, I believe this also includes no, um, no tax on this as well, because what you can do is you can basically sell your cards either later or earlier, and then have your own account, kind of like ComC does, uh, except for it's not as formalized. It's not as formalized of a marketplace. Now, PWCC would probably argue with that. That's, you know, probably, that's understandable. But ComC's, uh, ComC's product allows you to see what your balance is and have that move several times in the same minute. And PWCC's, I don't know that it's that sophisticated, which is interesting because they're higher end, but I don't know that it needs to be. Anyway, I, I don't want to talk too much about something that I'm not an expert on there. But, um, but the point is you're paying less than the ending auction amount. And I believe, again, that that also includes no tax. Okay, payment option number two, PWCC marketplace account balance. So you sold something previously, great. We would like to keep your money here at PWCC and we would like to let you use that as credit or as you know as a balance, use your balance later to apply to other cards. This is a great way to go if you are somebody who's turning a huge collection into something else. And a lot of us like to do that, right? We wanna take our collection and make it into something totally different. I've done that recently over the course of the last four months with Kobe Bryant stuff. Um, I've turned a large portion of my collection that I considered movable into higher-end Kobe Bryant cards, or to sound sophisticated, higher-end Kobe Bryant assets. Uh, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that, but I've had to really, really hustle to, to do that on my own, really work hard to do that on my own. 
Um, and it would be easier if there was a platform that provided all of the ins and outs to be able to do that. And that's what that's what PWCC does. Okay, then you could also pay with check or money order or wire or ACH and receive 0.5% off the purchase price. You can also do a payment plan. You can use Bitcoin and PWCC will cover the fees. Uh, and then you can just do PayPal through eBay and then there's, there's no benefit to that. So they go on in the email to explain um, when, when you do a cash advance um, on, or when you do an advance on future submissions, they expect you to send in at least 200% your purchase price, uh, which is great for them because that's a way that they continue to get cards sent into them is to pay for, for previously purchased cards. All right. So when you think about all that, when you think about all that, what it does is it explains to you why a buyer would pay more to win a PWCC item. I don't personally pay more for PWCC items because I don't use that functionality. But there are a lot of people who do. And then when you tie that into also the vault and how they operate that, access to other really high-end cards, it starts to kind of make sense. And how they how they use these tools that are being provided by PWCC to better their collection. And again, I know I know there's a negative, there's 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 lots of negatives that people talk about. That all that I just described to me, or described to you guys, that all makes sense, right? From a financial perspective, it just makes a lot of sense. If you can save money, if you can turn your collection around quickly, if you can you know, do it, um, be able to get loans and like finance large acquisitions, gain access to private collections and stuff like all through this entity, it totally makes sense. And I know that there's people out there that don't want me to say that, it totally makes sense, okay? It's not what I do, but it totally makes sense. All right. Now I want to talk to you about some of the things that are interesting about ComC, and I think that, that that some of this is actually not what you think I'll talk about. So I had an experience um, a couple months ago where I acquired the most expensive car I've ever purchased, which was the Kobe Bryant 2012 Prism Gold uh, number one of 10. So literally Kobe's very first Prism Gold card in existence. I bought it. And um, it was a huge purchase, and uh, I was really grateful to be able to get it. But how I purchased it, I think, will be, I think, is is an interesting lesson, and I I think that that uh, for a lot of people this will that will this will surprise them. The Kobe Bryant was on the marketplace, which meant that um, it was acquirable only if you had cat only if you had uh, C credit. And that's a lot of credit to be able to get. And um, without telling the whole story of how I got the card and had it saved and all that sort of stuff, I needed to create um, Comsi credit in my account of a large amount of money. And so to, in order to do that, what I had to do is I had to sell a whole bunch of stuff. Well, I started selling stuff on my own and I was doing pretty good at it. But then I realized, ah, shoot, there's... You know, there's so many fees here and it's hard to do. And, and I was able to figure out that through ComC, you can actually sell cards directly via auction. So ComC and eBay have a deal. They have a contractual agreement and that ComC will sell cards on via auction. And the way that that money flows from one entity to the other is kind of interesting. If ComC sells your card, they will take there will be a total of $3.50 
minimum or three and a half percent up to $35 I think is what it is um, taken off of your off, from from the you know, from the ending price and the rest of that goes into your COMC account it becomes credit now if you cash out after that it costs you another 10% okay but what if you don't plan to take that cash out what if you plan to leave that cash then in your account to then utilize on other cards within the marketplace not their auctions but within the marketplace if you can take a if you can sell a card for a thousand dollars on Comcy's um, eBay auctions, then you get nine hundred and sixty-five dollars, which is an amazing percentage. Okay, applied directly to your account, and then if you can spend that on something that you really want, you're gold because you just had three and a half percent come out. This is incredible, guys. This is an amazing benefit that I was able to fully leverage to be able to get that Kobe Gold, and it worked perfectly it worked perfectly then the negative here and i and like i would want i want to point out the negative here is if you want to go buy something on auction via comc this doesn't work you actually have to cash out first of your comc credit and then buy the stuff now you avoid i think you can avoid the tax that way the ebay tax the eight the seven or eight percent um but um because it's stay it's actually technically staying within your comc account and that's how they get around that you have when you purchase credit on comc you pay taxes and then and, th and that's it and then when every time somebody's buying something they're being it's being bought on credit that was purchased with with taxes and so that's that's how they do that um, and when you're buying stuff on eBay, it's with, and you're buying it with credit from your COMC, you've already, or whoever purchased credit originally has already paid that tax. So anyway, I don't want to get too much into the tax thing, but if you're buying on the marketplace with funds that you got from the auction, it is brilliant. And if, let me actually, let me back up and say this. So uh, uh, maybe six months ago, COMC started doing auctions. Up until then, there was no auctions. But the auctions work as follows, very similar to like Probstein or PWCC. You send cards to them, to ComC, and you specifically mark it as, I want you to list this via auction. Or you send it to your, your port on ComC, and then later you choose, hey, I want to send this to, to the auction. And they will take the cards, and then they will process them. And they will, they will get them up on eBay. And the auctions do really well. Why? It's obvious, right? People have ComC credit, and that ComC credit works better buying other ComC cards than, than, than cashing out and buying something else. Again, you, you send something to them, you send them $1,000 worth of stuff, then, so let's say you send two cards, each of them are worth 1,000, but we'll keep it simple, one card, you sell it for $1,000, $965 goes to your account, your ComC account then you're free to do whatever you want with that. If you if you cash it out though, you're gonna pay 10% extra on that so that it ends up being 13.5%, which still isn't that bad. That's basically what you would pay to sell it on your own, right? And you get to avoid all the hassle and you get the benefit of cards in general and open auctions selling for more because people would rather spend their ComC credit on ComC cards. Again, if you buy a ComC eBay auction with credit, you have to cash out first, paying the 10%, but then you still avoid the eBay 8%. I, there's, there's a lot there, but 
Uh, it worked like a charm on, on the Kobe Bryant. Um, and the, the key there is that three and a half percent, if you're able to leverage just only having to pay a three and a half percent fee, you're just crushing it. You're not going to do any better than that unless you're selling directly and selling directly, um, can be a real pain. So that's a way that Comsi can, can really make your money work. Okay. The last one that I want to hit is Probstein and, um, I tried to pull up Probstein's uh, fee structure. Um, I'm gonna stall for just a second and see if I can find it. I tried to pull it up during the break here a minute ago, but they had. But like, like I, there's probably a better way to do this. I don't think that they make it that they that they have a great way of being able to find um, find their information. Um, like every time I, I need to mail something off to them, I'm always like, okay, do I go to, do I go to their Facebook? And then like, how do I find their address? If I just remembered to like, hang on to one of their cards that they sent me a million times, then I would, then I'd be gold. But since I don't ever do that, I have to go to the Facebook. I have to type in Probstein one, two, three. And when I type in Probstein one, two, three, and I click on their, their link, um, and you can do this too. You click on their link and then you go to their images. When you do that, you will get um, a matrix and the matrix breaks down just like PWCCs did what the, um, what the amount is that they actually, um, that they take. Now, the, the great thing about Probstein, not only do they list things super fast, as I was telling you guys about earlier, but their fees are super low. Now, what they're lacking though, they're lacking the ability to leverage previous sales the way that um, PWCC does. I've asked them, I've asked them before, I've said, hey, if I, you know, don't have you guys send me, you know, your, your, you know, my money right away, can I use it in credit for these other things that I've been looking to buy? And they're like, yeah, sure, that's totally fine. But you don't receive any extra benefit. There's no like 1% back or anything like that. I think they could easily do that. And I think that if they were to do that, I think that more people would use them. Um, but they're doing really well as it is, and you know, I I just I don't have any I just don't have any complaints at all. Let me give you guys the rates. So from ten dollars to twenty five dollars, you get eighty five percent of the sales price. That is so bafflingly good. <laughs> they don't make anything on those items. They're not making anything, and they're charging you just barely more than what you would pay. To sell or to sell it on your own—that's incredible, guys. Um, at a thousand dollars to twenty-five hundred bucks, it's eighty-nine percent, and at over twenty-five hundred dollars, it's actually not quite as good as PWCC at ninety percent the sales price. So if you're going to send something, sell something that's over—oh, you know what? Actually, that was over five thousand dollars, and that was for only for graded items. So if you're selling an item that's graded, that's over five grand unless you could get like a special rate from Probstein, which maybe they would be willing to, to do. I've never sold anything that expensive with them before. Um, I would suggest that then the rate is better for PWCC, but in, in, in every other circumstance, it appears that the rate is better for Probstein. Like I said though, there is this issue that they don't give you other additional benefits from buying and selling directly with them. The idea of having a marketplace and being able to have your ins and your outs of cash benefited from being with a group and, and the group has the marketplace and the process to be able to do that is, um, that's really good that, that PWCC does that. 
But again, for me and for my needs, almost everything that I do that's that's higher end goes to Probstein. They're just so quick. They've done just such a good job for me historically. Um, and and those things matter to me. I wish that ComC was faster. I will, but I will continue to use ComC. Like I said with the with the Kobe Bryant gold card, that was what I needed. I needed their help to be able to do it the way that I did it. And they came through. They were clutch. They were awesome. Um, so no, nothing negative to say there. But in general, Probstein is fire as far as how quick they can do it. And that to me is the most important variable. If the most important variable to you is um, flexibility around what the item sells for, you might go with ComC. If um, you want the most professional experience and you have like um, you have super high-end stuff and uh, you want your handheld throughout the whole process, then PWCC is really the way to go. And if you want the financing and all the other things that they provide, then obviously PWCC is the way to go. Uh, but all three of them provide real value, guys. Like I have been benefited from all three of those entities. And it, it's it's interesting because I'm, I'm kind of gonna wax poetic here for a second, but as I, as I consider, or wax uh, philosophical, I should say, um, as I consider each of them, I don't want to say anything really negative about all of them or about any of them because I feel like they've done so much good for um, being able to transact easily in the hobby. Um, and there's so many things that you could say negative um, and that people have said negative uh, about about consignment groups and about uh, things that, that, you know, things that these entities have been involved in. But my experiences with them have been entirely positive. And at this point, I have a process, right? If I buy a collection, it comes into my door and I have a way to take that collection and to move it. It's a way that's far more efficient than it used to be, than it was five, 10 years ago. It's it's better than, it, than it's ever been. And it's because of these entities. It's because of all of these entities. So um, I would encourage you personally, depending on where you are in your collecting life and depending on what you enjoy to consider using these entities. If you're somebody who likes buying, who likes looking for stuff, who, but who hates selling, look at these other entities and think about what they can do for you. Try sending an initial lot to Probstein or to ComC or to PWCC. Try sending an initial lot to them based around the parameters that I've, that I've discussed here in this episode and watch what happens and try to feel out whether you like it or not and, and find which one is good for you. But again, only if it's something that makes your makes this hobby more enjoyable for you. It makes it more enjoyable for me, and it makes it um, honestly it makes it more profitable for me too. Um, I found um, I have I have found throughout the years several incredible collections, and the only way that I could digest those and 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 go and go through them in, in a way that was quick and efficient required the help of these entities and so I'm grateful to them I know people who work at each of the groups and I um, and I hope that this episode comes across more as me as me, me being a fan I led with some of the negative stuff but I'm a fan of the entities and that doesn't mean that they're not that they're not fallible. They're, none of them are infallible. They've, they all have their warts, 
but um, I think that they're each trying to be their best and trying to run a good trying to run a good business. And uh, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode today, and I hope that you learned something. If you have questions about consignment, uh, follow up with me, please, um, either via DM or via the post that I will make on Instagram. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, happy collecting. Thank you.